I was the last one to get the basket. Do they pay us for this? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah okay. It's funny, the uh, grapevine this month came out and it was on the steps and the traditions being incorporated 70 years ago. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there, but the first place I went to being the smart ass that I am is uh, the joke section. <laughs> and uh, somebody wrote on this from Columbus, Ohio, the best joke I ever heard. A cow goes to its first AA meeting and learns that no matter how far down the scale she has gone, her experience can benefit others. Should I stay with my day job? Yes. There's one more and then I'll shut up about it. Working on step six with my sponsor is an exercise, not an exorcism. <laughs> seems like an... Yeah, thank you. All right. Tonight we're going to talk about money. Nineteen forty-six. What led to the writing of Tradition Seven? Um, in Alcoholics Anonymous, does money make the mare go, or is it the root of all evil? We're in the process of solving that riddle. In the first years of AA, we had no money problems. We met in homes and. Um, I just, when I came in, they were just stopping to do that stuff. Well, we still went over to people's homes. Um, played cards and stuff, you remember. Um, till four or five in the morning sometimes. Just because uh, the young people didn't have anything to do. And instead of releasing us back into the, into the ether, <laughs> they kept us there and played cards and joked and, and, um, it was good. It was wonderful. It was a great time. We met in homes where our women folk made sandwiches and coffee. This is 1946, remember. <laughs> so don't get a resentment. Well, if you get a resentment, tough shit. <laughs> My sponsor always says we always uh, pick on you because we want your hide to get a little thicker. You're too damn sensitive. Andy used to call me up at 2 o'clock in the morning from where he worked and he would tell me a joke and then he would hang up and I said, what the hell did he do that for? He said, you're too damn sensitive. He's still my co-sponsor today. We had no group funds, hence no group money troubles and it must be recorded that many an old timer a wishes he could now return to those early days of simplicity knowing that quarrels over material things have crushed the spirit of many a good undertaking it is often thought that too much money may prove an evil for us too um, luckily uh, there was an outlet for money uh, that we have today uh, and it was just coming in uh, any you know, they said a group should have a, uh, uh, 
you know, a prudent reserve and money to pay their expenses, and anything else left over would be sent to uh, various places, which helped because there's never, you know, they didn't build it up so much uh, that people walked away with it, even though that did happen a few times. So, all right. Every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Tradition 7 is easily understood. When we hear about a new AA group being started with funds from a federal anti-poverty program or a quick reaction, our quick reaction is somebody goofed. Because sometimes um, meetings were started uh, people left and they I got a place and then they would you know donate and stuff like that but we didn't want to become beholden to anybody you know because usually whoever owns the place or whoever is um, uh, running the place ends up becomes overbearing or if you voted on things uh, you always did it with that in mind that they might close it and will be gone so you have to be very careful about that um, alcoholics before they got sober were always standing around with their hand out you know it's kind of it's kind of a catch you know 22 or whatever now we're supposed to give you know we're supposed to give that money back it's a buck or two or whatever you give back a week whatever you can afford um, and uh, don't worry about this person given five bucks and this person given 25 cents. The first time the baskets were passed around, back then there was only change in them. There wasn't any bills. Of course, things were a lot different. Um, the lure of money has led many astray and it could happen to us. We have to be so careful. A doesn't want to become a mega church with lots of money and television crews and all that stuff. We don't want that. What we want to do is just to pay our bills, meet, do what we need to do. And, and if we do that, if money is not involved, then what is the, uh, what, what do we do here? We, we, we meet and we discuss and we talk about our problems and we keep money out of it. It's not that we haven't done in the past where we see somebody, and many an old timer has done it, has gone up to somebody and said, uh, I see you're hurt. Old Andy Daniel Sr., you guys don't know him, you guys do, would go to the meeting every day at the club with two bags of groceries that he would get at the store. And he would sit in the meeting and he would listen to who was hurting. And after the meeting was over, he would hand the groceries to whoever needed it. And he did that all the time. And I, I have many instances of that. I couldn't afford to go to my first conference. I didn't have the money. Didn't even know what a conference was. And they said, you're going to the conference. Okay, but then they put me to work. <laughs> You're on coffee detail. 
which was okay because it was a, a, a great experience to meet people, to become useful, to meet all these people and, and they didn't, I mean it was just so cool to meet people from all different walks of life. We do have a limit on donations to if you leave money to general services. And it's like three grand. They may, they may have made, uh, it might be a little more now that they, uh, this is a pretty old pamphlet. Uh, because AA does not want to be beholden to um, any philanthropy, people who are out there. Um, and John Rockefeller, who was the first one who was in on, um, on the money deal, when Bill Wilson needed money, he needed startup money, you know, get the books published to start this whole thing going, said money would spoil it. And he gave him a very little bit of money, or he could have, but we didn't want to be beholden to John Rockefeller. We didn't want to be beholden to anybody. Crossroads had a meeting uh, every Tuesday. I used to go to, and uh, Bill Downing was the um, um, guy who ran it, and he would pass the basket. And in those days, um, he would say, um, if you're working, put in. If you're not, don't even think about taking out. And he said that, <laughs> he said that every single week. <coughs> But after the meeting was over, people would get ready to leave. He would take some of the basket and he would give it to people who needed it. He would buy them cigarettes. He would say, how's your family on food? It was, it was a different time, I understand. Today it seems like there's much more, more, more plentiful. Um, so it's not as bad. But there are still people in the, in the, that have that uh, uh, thing where they need it and we have to be mindful. A has to stay independent and so we can't be beholden to no one for money. So. Okay. I told my jokes. <laughs> funny thing about the traditions, we don't really study them that much. Um, and there was a reason for that. Bill Wilson used to go around the country and he would um, talk about the traditions. He would talk them up. and um, People would say, Bill, we want you to come and speak, but don't talk about those damn traditions. <laughs> we love your story. Don't tell us what to do in our meetings. In 1945, we wrote John Rockefeller and the 1940 dinner guests that we would no longer need their financial help. The book's royalties could now look after Dr. Bob and me 
Group contributions could pay the general office expenses. If these were insufficient, the reserve accumulated out of literature sales could meet the deficit. This meant that we had finally declared for full self-support, which is what we wanted to do. AA wanted to stand on its own. And so it's because of you that AA stands on its own. When first published, the traditions got a mixed reception. Only groups in dire trouble took them seriously because they didn't know where to turn. They didn't want their groups to, to fold. And then Bill says, at this point I began to travel and talk a lot about the new principles. The members listened but were obviously bored. That's what I felt like I was going to bore you guys to death. So, hence the jokes. <laughs> I don't know if Bill told jokes, but he might have. <clears throat> to them, the 12 traditions seemed only a needless expression of the hopes and fears of general headquarters for AA's future. At this point, like he says, I traveled and talked about the principles. Bill, we would love to have you come and speak. Tell us where you want, you used to hide your bottles and tell us about that hot flash spiritual experience of yours, but please don't talk any more about those damn traditions. <laughs> Time has changed all that, says. We saw that the AA traditions were the key to unity, the functioning, and even the survival of Alcoholics Anonymous. AA will not survive unless we follow the traditions. All the um, problems with the groups as far as money or anything like that, they would write to New York and there was two people in the office, it was Bill and his secretary, and they, that's how the traditions came about from all the different inquiries on what should we do. And so it was not, it was a, a trial and error type thing. It was, it was evolving over a period of time and until it was finally written. And that's when um, Dr. Bob said to Bill, you know, we gotta keep this as simple as possible, you know. So, getting on, that was enough about money. I'll take any you got. It's not a problem. <laughs> One last thing about money. When I was new, um, I was at a noon meeting one day, and, and I think I, just a few months sober, and I, didn't ha I was throwing change in the basket. I didn't have anything. And one of the guys in the, after the meeting says, hey, we're gonna go out for lunch, would you like to go? And I said, well, I don't have any money. They said, ah, oh, don't worry about it. So I went out, I didn't wanna order anything special, <laughs> you know, so hamburger and fries, whatever. And we got to talking, everybody was joking around the table. And uh, I said to Gordy, I said, why'd you do that? Why did you, you know, pay for my my lunch. He said, I want you to do that for somebody else that comes along. Always be mindful of the new people. Always try to help out. Always try to be a service. Um, 
You know, Bill one time put a five dollars in a basket that he didn't have, um, or he gave it to a fellow alcoholic. I'm sorry, I read this story today, and he made like thirty, forty dollars a week, something like that. And he handed this guy five dollars because he didn't have food for his family. And then the basket got passed around. And he looked in his pocket, and he only had change. And so he threw the change in the basket, but he gave something. And that guy stayed sober. And it, I thought it was, t uh, you know, telling. You know, we help when we can, and that's what we do. And, and it goes on. And most of the times, you don't ever hear about it. You know. And I think it's a wonderful thing. In the eighth tradition, it says, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. <coughs> Twelve-step work um, talks about the twelve-step work, and um, we don't get paid for it, do we? <laughs> yeah. Those two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, twelve-step calls. Um, my, um, I rem I remember, um, you know, um, they didn't have the rehabs that they have today. You know, they had St. Vincent's Hospital when I came in to our north, and Serenity West. It was a twenty-eight day program. I was in St. Vincent's for 14 days. I was a sick puppy. Um, took me three days before I could eat. Um, but those people got paid. You know, it took me 13 years to pay that bill off. So much a month for 13 years. In fact, after I paid it off, I, I was afraid that um, uh, I would get drunk. But there is a need for that. Uh, a lot of the hospitals don't like us drunks being there because it's hard to collect. It's hard uh, for them to make money on us. And uh, we, have to, we uh, back in the day, uh, they used to have two hospitals, one in New York, one in Cleveland. And uh, they took in lots of drunks, thousands of them went through those facilities over the years with Sister Ignatia and uh, Whoever, I can't remember. <coughs> was it Father Ed up in New York? Um, but they didn't get paid. The hospital made the money. You know, there are, there are facilities uh, that get paid. But AA has nothing to do with that. We don't allow them to use our name, you know. It's like Clancy said, you could call it Shire's Dryer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we do, what we did do, is we we go into those facilities and we talk and we lend our expertise because uh, we do know a lot about alcoholism. That's all we talk about. We're the experts on it. Some of us more than others. <laughs> Whoever's got the biggest ego. And when we go into those places and we speak to uh, the clients, or, um, we don't go in there to solicit. 
We go and we tell our stories. We don't say, you know, if you go to AA, life is going to be great. This, we just tell them, this is what happened to me, and whatever you want to do is up to you. You know, I don't, I don't care if you go out and drink. That's your business. This is my story. If you want what we have, then try it. If you don't like it, there are other avenues out there. There are professional places you can go. You know, there were a few years ago there were there was a commercial on TV about you go to this resort and they give you the back rubs and they <laughs> they feed you, you know, shrimp and lobster and geez, I'd go for that. You know. But A doesn't do that. We feed you good. Cause we know. The employees at general services are paid good money, the going rate. They're not, uh, but afterwards, after they're paid, you know, they're performing a job, but after they're paid, after they go home, they still go and they 12-step people, but they don't get paid for that. They don't get, you know, it's not, it's not like um, they're paid throughout the night or whatever. Once a tiny office for one co-founder and one secretary has grown into the present general service office, fully staffed with a mailroom keeping the lines of communication open throughout AA worldwide. The employees, both AA and non-alcoholics, are paid on a scale comparable to that in profit-making enterprises so that the office force can function dependably. They, you know, you have good people there. You know, uh, in these office jobs and in their assignments, members are actually paid for their business and professional skills, working at a GSO desk on conference-approved books and pamphlets or on a grapevine. These AAs use their abilities as correspondents, managers, writers, editors, artists, so on and so forth. There would be another problem in using volunteers alone. Volunteers. Um, it seems ungrateful, or at least it's socially awkward, to criticize or reject a job done for free, but paid jobs for AA get quite a going over. Whatever the subject, you want to be sure that each piece express as clearly as possible the view of the group conscience. So, um, we're back to uh, our stories, our functionality to help the newcomer. We were helped. Are we grateful? We go out and help. You know, when people go out of their way for you, you, you tend to reciprocate. Some don't. Don't have to. Doesn't say you have to. But gratitude is, is one of the... Uh, motivating factors for sobriety. And uh, if you're grateful, you'll do it. You'll volunteer. When they say, we need somebody to do this, most most people uh, 
that are grateful, I have to keep saying that, will volunteer. And so we don't, A doesn't pay anybody to, um, you know, come and get us. We do it because we're grateful. Somebody did it for us. Somebody came and picked me up at 2.30 in the morning, 16 inches of snow, and took me to the hospital. And I thought I was dying. I felt like I was dying inside. And um, they went out of their way for me. I could never repay that, no matter how much I try. You know? All right. Moving right along today. Ninth tradition, A, as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. We have, you have a committee at this meeting, I'm, I'm thinking, to do stuff. <laughs> you have these guys, you have the same people, and you also have a committee, at, glad you're here. Our, our committee, uh, it consists of our secretary and our treasurer and um, our home group members and uh, we get our speakers and we get our, we get our uh, um, chairman and it's usually a home group member. Um, we have somebody that collects the money, then we have meetings, uh, how we're gonna spend the money and that's kind of what I mean by committees, you know. Um, used to have door greeters, uh, we used to have, uh, uh, it used to be the months of the, your group's months was to do the um, rehab. We used to do that. And so there was a committee for that. Uh, today we have a central committee. And our central committee, um, back in the day, there were, uh, there was intergroup and central committees. They were both the same thing. I think central committee came out of Cleveland, intergroup came out of, out of uh, New York. Everybody wanted to have their little fiefdom and uh, that's how that goes. And it says in here, but in action by groups, we find that we do need some degree of organization. If everybody thinks somebody else is going to make the coffee, what's the result? There's no coffee. To, to avoid such a disaster, one or me more members agree to be responsible for preparing meeting refreshments. Wonderful. I can't express enough that things that you guys do here. Um, all the way from coffee brewers to trustees on the general service board. As it goes, as you get a bigger title, you get more diverse uh, opinions. Whether you're a general service uh, representative, a DCM, or, or a trustee, or whatever, you move on up through the hierarchy. In an average business corporation, the board has the final power to determine company plans and policy. Our board of trustees serves in a custodial capacity. Our board of trustees just does what you guys want. You have all to say. which is kind of different. It's usually from the top down. Hi, Gina. <laughs> I thought I'd catch you napping. 
and yet with so small a degree of organization, A miraculously does work. One reason maybe that Tradition 5 applies to each committee and board as directly as it does to each A group by cleaving to this one primary purpose in all of its activities, the fellowship retains spiritual simplicity. To diffuse that purpose, to embroil A in issues apart from its true concern would create dangerous complications. And so our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. We talk about clubs. Um, Erie has a club. Um, in the in the beginning of AA, the clubs um, were places that alcoholics could go and hang out when they had meetings or didn't have meetings. And they're a separate entity from Alcoholics Anonymous. Their rules and regulations are so that they can stay in business. Um, and and. And AA said that's fine. Uh, we don't endorse the clubs. We don't t take away from the clubs. They're grateful for the clubs. Um, Erie's, Erie's very fortunate to have a, a long-standing club that uh, is there for people who need it. Um, and we're very grateful for that. Uh, my great-great-grand sponsor, Bob Soder, donated the building for that club. And I remember going over to his house with Gene. He was Gene's sponsor. And we sat at a kitchen table. And it was one of them old steel ones. And we walked in and we sat down. And even though Bob was old, I mean, he was really old then, his enthusiasm for the fellowship was unreal. I mean, it was infectious. And we talked about AA. And we talked about uh, the club. And we talked about how all that started. At the beginning when the club started, they used to hand out um, like payment promises notes. If you worked at the club, they promised to pay you. They never did. And <laughs> never got paid. But the club got fixed and it got done and, and uh, it turned into a wonderful facility. Um, I think that's about all I got on those traditions. Thanks. Thank you, Jim. So now we've got some time for questions. If you've got a question for Jim, go ahead and raise your hand. alcoholic and my name is Terry Houlihan. So when you were talking about the seventh tradition, um, one of the things when I was studying them too, because you know that I love the traditions, it talked about how uh, the seventh tradition for us is also 12-step work. And um, you know that's really, that's, uh, you know I try to talk to the women that I sponsor about that and you know, my sponsor says, flip a nickel in the basket, you'll feel good about yourself. And it took me about five years to understand what that meant. Um, because I was just afraid because I didn't have any more money. Um, and it taught me not to be afraid, to trust, to trust my higher power. 
Um, so when you're working with your new guys and they're hesitant about putting money in the basket, what do you say to them? Whatever you can put in, whatever you can afford. If you don't have uh, anything, don't put anything at all. It's not a big deal. Nobody's going to look down at you or, or anything. I mean, we all started that way. <laughs> you know, so we know what it's like. I went to many meetings where I didn't put anything in. I didn't have it, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's no, you know, we're self-supporting through our own contributions. And uh, I've been to many meetings, I can say for a fact, uh, where old-timers, uh, when the kitty was short, would just, you know, they would hand them the basket. That, that happened over in Europe even uh, when I was over there in Paris. We were $50 short on the collection, and a woman just threw a $50 bill in the basket. And, uh, you know, I was kind of, it's, that always goes on. So, you know, it, we don't do that every week. But if, if AA needs a hand, just like we needed a hand, AA was there for us. You know, we're there for AA. Um, we were 25 bucks short in the collection this week, and I was hoping Mary Ann would pick up the slack. <laughs> But we could talk about it. <laughs> you know, we could talk about it. And many times during the uh, daytime meetings when you have a lot of new people down at the club, uh, they never have enough money. So they, we try to find a treasurer who has some wherewithal that can make sure that uh, we do pay that. And we've done it over the years and it's not been a problem. So, uh, and then when we had COVID also, and the, and the meetings weren't there and the club was going down there was a bunch of us old timers that took care of that so who else has a question hey pat alcoholic jim, hey jim thanks you're doing a great job and this week was no exception so thank you um on the tradition seven so I, I i think i understand based on your explanation which helped as to why it was written the way it was mm -hmm. you wouldn't want undue influence from a large donor as an example uh, and you want the groups to be self-supporting but with anonymity in a contribution for example somebody could leave money in their will anonymously and that money could potentially go to corporate or could go to a local i assume that happens and, or we get anonymous donations and we don't refuse those, is that right? Uh, the general service only takes up to a certain amount. If it goes over that amount, they'll send the rest of it back to where it came from. And then whoever's dispersing it will deem what's appropriate. They could do a local thing or, or whatnot. But, uh, so, who else has a question? TJ alcoholic. So you were talking about um, um, taking your sponsees to lunch. So I was wondering when that was going to happen for me. Are you a sponsee? <laughs> Seems I am. We've been to lunch a few times. <laughs> um, on a serious note. Um, so a couple of things. 
my first thought is, um, and I know you and I had talked about this before, but one of my sponsees decided he wanted to pay me for picking him up and taking him to meetings. And um, of course I turned it down and he was offended that I turned it down. Um, so I had to actually explain that to him. Do you agree that that's, it's not okay to take gas money for things like that to begin with? When I was new in the program, I didn't have gas money. and But I could pick people up. I had a car and I didn't have the money to do it. And if somebody gave me a couple bucks for gas, I would take it because I was, I didn't have it, you know, otherwise I wouldn't pick them up, you know. Uh, but I don't solicit it. I don't go around and say, if you want me to pick you up tonight, you better have 10 bucks. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good one. So I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's a situation you're in at the time. You know, I'm sure you can afford to pick up somebody and pick them up and take them wherever they need to go. So when they when they say, um, you know, they're offended by that, say AA does not, we don't get paid to do this. We do this because this saves us and keeps us sober. We don't, you think we're doing you a favor, we're actually doing ourselves a favor. So. Okay, my last question is, which is what I really wanted to know was way back when, um, when the conference was struggling mightily, we had no money to pay for speakers to come from out of state. Um, so we solicited home groups to actually sponsor someone to come and speak. Would that be against the traditions? If the money's coming from AA and going to AA, I don't see how it could be. I mean, if it was going to an outside enterprise, Erie takes great pride in its conference. And we've always, the groups have always supported uh, through scholarships and the like, um, you know, so people could go a lot of the groups have stepped forward and, and paid for scholarships. And we still solicit today, we ask groups for scholarships. Uh, we, we ask groups for money for baskets when we have our big uh, basket sale. Uh, and, and the reason for that is uh, uh, everybody gets involved. Everybody's, our conference is like every group tries to get involved and, and, and be part of. And that's, that's the best part of the conference, you know whether it's monetarily, whether it's helping out, uh, whether it's cooking hamburgers on a grill, whatever it is, you know, giving gas money to somebody from Buffalo, whatever it takes. Um, uh, we're like, we're a community, we're a family. We, we put it all together and it works. I don't know if that answers your question. Hi, Jim. My name is John, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, John. This is a question for all of the groups and in, in, in AA as a whole. Each group has a treasury and we make donations to various entities. 
in your experience, should there be a priority of where the entities we each group should be contributing to? Should it be World Services, Area 60, District 32, Central Committee, and then our own? Or, you know, should it be equally weighted? You know, depending upon how much the groups can afford. It's based on percentage. Uh, Erie Central Committee should have a pie chart on on how that money gets distributed and you if as a home group member you look and you like I said earlier you have a prudent reserve to pay your expenses and maybe uh, have a cake or whatever donuts and then if as it piles up and you want to send it away there's a pie chart it'll say this percentage goes to GSO this percentage goes to the district and so on and so forth um, I you could go to any central committee and and they'll give you that pie chart so but that's why it's been followed for years is it on the website okay there you go it's on the website John Okay, my question is sort of relates to all the steps, but so if we had extra time, I thought I'd do it tonight. So, and this is an opinion. So, um, you know, there's, we all know that there's a lot of violation of the traditions within groups and so forth. And so my question is, what do you think is the reason for that? Do you think it's that groups know what, what the traditions say, but just choose not to discuss they, they don't like them? they don't feel they're necessary or you feel that the groups just don't know much about the tradition it's least talked about uh, oh she's she wanted to know why groups don't follow the traditions uh, is it just ignorance uh, is it just uh, what people just don't want to blah 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 but I think what's important is each group is autonomous. If you have a general service representative, that general service representative should be in tune to what uh, these traditions um, entail. And uh, they should follow those traditions. They should be going to the meetings. They should be up on this stuff, on the traditions, on what's going on in AA. If they're not, then they're faltering. They're not... The, I know in some places in Pittsburgh they talk about Erie as being dark. Some areas of Erie are dark. They don't have representation. The meetings don't have representation. They may have a service number, but they don't have a general service representative. Uh, I said when I started this, this used to be 30 GSRs that went to Holy Rosary once every couple months or whatever it was. And to get a service position was an honor. You had to have two years. You had to, you had to be in the position. Today, it's like, don't come near me with that crap. It's back to what Bill Wilson was getting when he was going around speaking about the, the traditions. Um, and, and for AA to survive, it's going to have to get back to those traditions. It has to uh, remember it's prime. Everything's about the primary purpose. And then following those traditions, uh, you can have little tweaks here and there. You're going to have groups that are going to have little tweaks there and there. The best thing is old timers step aside, 
let you guys run everything. And if you have any uh, questions, ask. We'll tell you what's worked in the past and what hasn't. You know, I could, I could cite some very disturbing things in AA right now. But those things were there 40 years ago. I mean, we had representatives from different companies selling stuff in meetings, and they were asked to leave back in the day. And, and we, have to, we have to stay with our traditions. We have to stay with our primary purpose. If we venture out, I'm afraid we'll go like the Washingtonians and just fade away. Because it just wouldn't be right if I didn't ask a question. <laughs> Gretchen Alcoholic, and I thank you, Jim. Um, you know, I was reading some literature recently about Back to Basics, and one of the things that it was talking about is specific to the traditions, um, how and this was my understanding, that they were not intended to be used to police people. They're used to maintain the unity of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. And so it gets back to the um, autonomy of the group and things such as that. Um, so my question is, and maybe this is kind of piggybacking off of what Kathy just asked, when people try to refer to the traditions in order to police or correct a meeting, what is your opinion of that? The traditions are guidelines. Um, it would be chaos if we didn't have guidelines. If we all went our own separate ways and did whatever we wanted, it would be, I mean, it wouldn't be, we'd, go, we'd probably end up going back to houses having meetings in houses and people only doing certain things. Uh, the reason we moved out of houses was because groups got so big, you know. But we, as long as we continue to keep our primary purpose in line, uh, if, it's, if you have veneer things, you don't have, I don't have the right, I would never take, and this is gonna sound terrible, I would never take a new person to a meditation meeting. And the reason I would not do that is because to sit still for 10 minutes when you're brand new, you might as well just open the door and let them run the hell out. I know that would have happened to me. But if that's what they want to do, I just don't go to that meeting. But that's what they want to do. And that's fine. It's their group. I'm not paying their bills. I'm not doing their thing. But that's for me. Any meeting I go to today, I only go to it as if I was to take a new person. And so that's my primary purpose. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim.